Hello and welcome to Out of Fashion. This is Series 2, Episode 3. I'm Jane Shepherdson. And I'm Jane Kellogg. Now, this week, we've the format is a little bit different because a couple of weeks ago, we went and interviewed Mary Portis. And the next uh, 30 minutes or so is the conversation that we had with her. Um, so Mary, Jane and I all worked together at Topshop back in the day. Uh, when Mary was head of visual merchandising, Jane was a buyer and I was a designer. Uh, so we had a laugh then and we certainly had a laugh with Mary um, when we went to meet her. So enjoy. Right. Well, I'm sitting here today with Mary Porters. Mary Porters actually needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. Um, so we all met actually in the mid 80s in Topshop. I was a lowly assistant buyer. Jane was a designer and Mary was already queen of the windows. Since then, she's founded her own creative agency, Portus, and as the chief creative officer. She found fame as Mary Queen of Shops, her TV show, in which she used her retail experience to help small retailers to thrive. Before that, she made Harvey Nichols the department store in London. She launched her own brand, created Mary's Living and Giving Stores in conjunction with Save the Children, and has just written a book called Work Like a Woman, which I've just read and absolutely loved. Bloody hell, Mary. Busy woman. Yeah. But, you you know, the thing is, it's all compartmentalised in a fabulously fluid way. Because you just met my PA, and, and the success is that I can only be as good as the people I surround myself with, quite frankly and honestly. Right. So, right. I, you know, I'm able to say, be truly in the moment. Like, I'm now doing this with you guys. I won't be thinking of anything else. In fact, I have to say, like, Abby went, oh, you've got Jane coming in. I was like, have I? Because I, <laughs> they, they manage my time so much that I, I have to I'd be there in the moment. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to popcorn my brain around so much. Right. Would you call yourself a polymath? Isn't that what they call people like you, who do everything? Yeah, I, I kind of think. I mean, it, uh, yeah. I, but, uh, but it's within a certain genre, you know. I think it's within a certain genre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, I always say I know a little bit about a lot of subjects and not a lot about any subjects. Do you feel like that sometimes, especially when you're talking to clients? I mean, you are an expert, obviously, but sometimes I get asked so many different questions being a trend forecaster, and I start talking, and then I'm like, do I actually know anything about this? Yeah, well, you all have times like that, but I think you talk from just completely where your heart, and that really, when you talk from a place of honesty, or able to say, I don't know that, you know, mm. I just don't know that, or I can't remember, I've got my memory, that's yeah. the thing. That's I, age as well, isn't it? Because you feel confident you. enough. <laughs> no, it you feel, it's it confidence. Is it's also, yeah. so much in my head, I know it has to just chuck some stuff out. Yeah. That just is not really deeply important. But it's a great, I mean, it's really a great life I didn't ever think I would have, if I'm honest. You know, how many things oh, I no, no, I it's, love. It sounds like, I was going to ask you, actually, what, what thing that you do do you love the most? Oh, I think probably more than anything is when I'm with a team of people like I am today. So there's about 50 of team here and we're working on something. We're working to solve a brand or come up with an idea. And, you know, I'm by far the oldest in the mix. And you've got the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings, the 40 and you are just bringing together 
this mix of ideas, concepts, but also laughing. You know, you I used to laugh at top. I you, love, I love I that. I love a laugh. Me too. You know, where you really laugh. And I'm mischievous. I'm the naughtiest one. So I didn't start it off, and then I think I wish I hadn't started this now because I'm laughing to myself terribly. So I, that to me is my favourite. The other one is the charity shops, the, the 26 shops I've done for Mary's Living and Giving. And thank you for delivering all your clothes, Jane. <laughs> um, I got very excited that day. Jane delivered me all her wardrobe when she went <laughs> touring of America. And, and just to know that the money from that, everything about that is good, good for the world, good for those mm. kids in Syria, good for people who have so much less than us, and just it's a good thing, just doing good stuff. So that makes my so, heart leap. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But can I tell you, these two are passing the mic. Sorry. <laughs> As you can see, we're like you know one of we're very professional here. <laughs> Dodgy 70s nightclubs, like, feeling. It's like, oh, it's you. Take the microphone. Yeah, it's not drop the mic. It's pass the mic. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. me up then. I'm yeah, not if you're, you're, you're okay. We, oh, we can yeah. all hear you. Oh, yeah, Don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry Don't worry about that. Um, so going back to your book, because I, I, I really, really thought it was great. I, I actually saw um, a lot of parallels in the experiences that both of us have had, actually, mm. because we both kind of survived and prospered, you know, and, and sort of worked our way to the top within that culture. quite difficult culture. Alpha culture. Yes, it was. Mm. It was. And mm. retail is. Do you not think retail... It, a lot of retail is very sort of alpha culture-driven. Most businesses. But I think ours, most businesses... I think, you know, when you've got what we were in, which was a business that ended... You know, it's about profit. It's about deadlines. It's about realising <coughs> daily, weekly, hourly sales... But more than that, the whole way that when you look at the history of work and the amount of men that are in work and in senior positions, the culture's been created by men for men. Mm. And I don't think anybody's really said, let's change that. So if you're alpha, which I am, I'm not sure Mm. you Mm. are. I'm not sure you are, but I, I became more alpha. Oh, we know you're alpha. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not now. I'm, Jane's I'm, definitely out. Oh, is she? Is she? Oh, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I just remember she was always happy and jolly. Maybe we were together. We had happy days. We were three and we were young, for Christ's sake. You know, ideas just came yeah. away. But I think I, I took on the codes of that in order to succeed. And I think often what you do, and women, and I'm, I'm particularly talking women here because the statistics are ridiculously low on how few get to the top. Yes. And in our industry, yes. we're talking about all of us in the retail... 10% of women on boards. It's now, shocking. shocking. Mm. It's because the culture does not feed our souls, does not feed our intellect, does not feed our creativity. And it's, it's if you do not connect properly, and I believe this in life in so many ways, with your inner frequency and energy, it's very difficult to grow. Yeah, yeah. Now, and I think we put up with a lot of thought because it's what we thought we had to do. Yes, mm. yes. Well, well I, 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 interestingly, I, I often people ask about how I manage with Philip Green. Yeah. And I say that I'm actually not proud of this and I'm not, but I bullied him. Yes. Because that was the only way I knew of of getting through, because he was a bully, yes. was, was to bully him back again. Because, totally. And then he would back down straight away. Totally. But, but I had to, and it was really exhausting. And you debase really, yourself. Exactly, yes. yes. And yes. then you suddenly go and you realise there is another way. It might not be with that person. So you have to make that decision. Do I stay and feed this? 
or do I go? Now, sadly, so many people don't have that choice. I, and I think when I was young, I didn't have the choice. I yes. just didn't have money. So I thought, I've got to do this. I've yes. got to do this. Mm, yes. I've got to get through. And of course, as you said earlier, you learn. You mm. do. Some, you do learn. Mm. But I think, do we really have to go through that shit? Mm. Yeah. Do we? Mm. Yeah. Like, my daughter's just come out of uni and has a bit of that. And I'm like, you know what? Do we really need mm. to? Do we? Mm. No. Do we need to toughen up and be the people that can get through it? Or do we just put a bit of decency, respect and mm. kindness into business? Because people are asking, the whole Philip Green thing, people are you know, saying to me or in the press, like, why didn't people speak up? And people didn't speak up for exactly that reason. They have mortgages to pay. And they know if they speak up, they're going to lose their jobs ultimately, which is why they stay and why they put up with it. And that is so wrong. And that fear. Yeah. Like that fear. You know, that I remember being and working within corporations like that, mm. particularly within the Burton Group, which was then top shop, mm. that fear of the call down. Mm. You know, the door shutting. The door shutting. Mm. Like, my lot wouldn't fear me. No. They tell me where to go. <laughs> Absolutely. I but I yeah. allow them to. Mm. Now, I might have a little tizzy one time and I'm not like a bit, well, I'm not a nerve. Yeah. It would be the same as I'm doing with my family. Yeah, Wouldn't exactly. Be, Here's my power. Mm. And that power wasn't built on competence mm. where I'm going to train you and bring you with me. That's hierarchical mm. brilliance. And it's not always based on knowledge either. Oh, no, no, no. You know, <laughs> it's rarely it's based, based on, on knowledge, knowledge. <laughs> which is the thing that used to drive me insane. I'd be like, I'm expected to listen to this person who knows so much less than me. And I wasn't being arrogant or having an ego. I just knew I knew more. But I had to listen to them because they had the power. You have to nod. I, I went mm. last week um, to a meeting in Paris and went to meet a, uh, a, a business where they wanted to hear what we had to do. And at 45 minutes, the bloke just talked at me, like talked at me. <laughs> and I was already thinking, and, and my team, well, what do we do here? Mm. This is the man saying, I'm the one with the power. Yeah. I'm the one that's possibly going to employ your agency. So I need to let you know where yeah. the power is. I mean, it, I, it, I did feel like I was that sort of glad I don't live in Paris and Because mm. those big luxury brands, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh man, I remember those days, you know, you just had to know your place. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, I've been talking to a lot of people in retail at the moment about why retail, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is failing. And one of my theories is because, and you mentioned it in your book about how you feel that the people with the purse strings have all the power. And I think that's still true. And the people at the top of those big corporate organisations have the power based on controlling the budget and they don't listen. And for me these days, the young people, so you just mentioned your team, like I'm the same with my team. I want to listen to the intern as much as I want to listen to the expert because the intern who's 21 has knows how the world works because the world works in a totally different way these days. You know, the way that people shop, the way that people engage online, it's completely changed. And if you don't listen to those people further down the chain, then the, the organisation fails, in my opinion. I think there's lots of answers to that, and I think that's extremely... Yes, is the answer to that. There's a huge shift that we see. I think, you know, what's happened with us in, in, in retail is the internet has been the most significant mm. shift in the way we live since the Industrial Revolution. One. Yeah. Two, those big corporations that were invariably run by boards of mm. people, all with a sort of an opinion and wanting a voice to be heard, didn't break through, didn't make change happen enough. So those big legacy brands, mm. we know the ones, the Marks and Spencers, mm. the Houses of Fraser, I don't care, 
all sort of second guessing mm. from these board place of board rather than a creative vision. Yeah. Retail we used to be based on a creative inside vision. When you were running Top Shop, you felt your hand on it. He might have been coming in and giving mm. you large and you were bullying him back to get you away. But you you felt your hand through that business. This was your vision through that business. That uh, that that has really affected major businesses. Second guessing what's happening with women, how they're shopping, how they're living. Oh my and god! Second yes. guessing, yeah. and half of them. If there's no women on the board, and if it is the ones on the board who are playing the alpha role and just there through power. You actually have a construct that's stuffed. So here's the thing. You get the pure players coming in mm. who didn't even know the old retail rules and all that crap. Mm. And they come up with a great idea and a new way of doing it. And the best retail we're seeing are the pure players. Yeah. But yes. they're also opening up bricks and mortar places. Mm. Yeah. And they're just knocking spots off the old mm. business model. Absolutely. I think it's going to be more exciting. Yeah. I honestly think it's going to be more so exciting. Do I. So do I. I think Brilliant. there's going to be a huge yeah. revolution. And then at the end Absolutely. of it, it'll be it'll be like yeah. a new start. Remember the days we used to turn up at any time. I used to be filming. I'd go, right, we're going to Bath or I'm going to... Same old bloody retail chains. Oh, Every yes. clone town. Yes. Because they're the ones who could afford the rent. The, the Arcadias, yes. the Debenhams mm. were in there. All doing, quite frankly, mediocre yes, rent. Yeah. And if you think of the ones that have gone from Harsha, are you are you going all British homes? Yeah. Oh, I miss it so much, yeah. Jane. <laughs> where, where are we going to go now? I do miss the wonderful fashion and the <laughs> lovely glass of champagne. It was buzzing with that atmosphere. That I do miss Woolworths, though. Yes, Woolworths. I would have I loved agree. to get my hands on that brand. Do you know what really saddened me about Woolworths? Woolworths. The Poundland took that yeah. and said, do you know what? Because the original business model of Woolworths was everything under one roof for mm. a cent. Mm. And they let it go. Yeah. And I'll bet you it was everyone sitting and goes, oh, no, no one needs these bits and pieces. And someone just came in, took that market like the guy who's yeah. on Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Is. And you could have made, got rid of John John Lewis haberdashery and all of the things that you needed in there. Woolworths could have turned it into the most amazing, useful store ever. The, that's the great useful, the useful, the useful store, store stuff you need. Words like that, <laughs> <laughs> that's useful. We all turn into our mothers at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just very quickly then, so you mentioned something which really resonates with me. And having read your book and read about the fact that you decided to step down as the CEO mm. and just to focus on, on mm. being the creative. And in my experience, the reason why there are fewer creatives at the top of businesses is because they don't necessarily want to run businesses. They want to continue being creative. Yes. And you're not allowed to do that. Once you get to a certain level, you're kind of forced into this sort of management role. And you, you're finding the same, Jane, yeah. aren't you? Uh, where you're actually not allowed to do the things that you really love doing and the things that you're best at doing. And it's a real shame. It because terrible. I'm mean, I think like that happened to Burberry with Christopher as well. You yes. Know, but you have to say... But I think you also have to know. I mean, I think... Some of the interesting things, certainly within our yeah. industry, we didn't used to have creative directors. No. 20 years ago, it was managing director, buying director, <laughs> merchandise director, personnel, wasn't human resources. <laughs> so when you did a visual merchandising, so we didn't even have those roles. So I think the fact that the luxury house started doing it with Mark Javis, when it was yes. creative director, it was actually saying, this is really important. And to st strip this out. Stripping yes, it out. Yes. So I think in some ways we've seen that move on, but less, in with certainly within the luxury yes. industries, but less, less in so the these massive high street brands. Yes. I just don't think... 
it's that fearful financial accounting. If you don't know the numbers, how can you make those risks? Why is the data to back it up? And I think we end up with this deeply bought, no risk-taking. Yes. No risk-taking. And the great thing about our business is you just instinctively know when you've done it so long and you're so connected to people and what excites them and what makes them buy again. Absolutely. You instinctively know, but no one wants to hear instinct. Mm. They want to know where's the numbers, mm. how's it back at that, and what was like for like on last year. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you think that's the interesting thing about being a consultant? Because this is what I find. So but half the time when I'm talking to brands, I'm saying things that I know the creative team have already said to yeah, the management. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they listen to me <laughs> yeah. because I'm someone external. Yeah. So you have that power. I hate that word, but you do have a certain degree of power when you come as an external. Why is that? Why do people listen to people from the outside? Is it human nature? Or is it? We don't have any more power, actually, than anybody else, but they seem to take us seriously. But I think that gets back to this whole thing of, you know, the construct of the board and the people around it is that it's... it's not giving that real voice to the people on a on a pure sense and a responsible mm. sense individually within your business. But yes, you've listened to. Let's get to Lloyd's in. They'll yeah, yes, they'll Let's know. All those <laughs> management consultants. consultants just come out of university yeah. with their PPE two years ago. They'll tell us. That they'll tell us, and we'll pay them one hundred and fifty thousand for half an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what would you say to one of my questions? Was what you say? Would you say, particularly to young people who are creative who don't feel like they're being taken seriously? Because in your book, you said when you felt you, when you were younger, you didn't feel like you had a voice in certain situations because you were seen as the creative and I think that still goes on how, how do you make yourself be taken seriously it's a big difficult one I think the thing for women particularly this is you know and young people and, and I've called it work like a woman because I think so much of what was seen as the behaviors of women uh, were seen as the soft warm fuzzy kind of stuff mm. that doesn't get you to the top I mean you only have to look at something like The Apprentice and things. Mm. I wouldn't employ oh, one of them. Oh, my God, no. I wouldn't employ one of them, would you? Anyway, it did give us Katie Hopkins. Should we be going? <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice energy out into the world. Oh, it's the worst type of people you can ever so, imagine. So when you've been, when this is what you're still seeing as what power means and success, you know, mm. and then pe- subliminally this is still going in mm. to people and still, until we start to show role models of a vulnerability collaboration, we will never break that. Now, I, I reckon, when I, in my agency, how I do that is that everybody has a voice. We put that as a cultural thing within the business. If, if you don't have it within your business, I often say to, to when I go out on the road and I'm talk, do, doing my talks, I often say to individual young women, don't think you can do, do this on your own. Find another panel. Mm. Find a little group of you, because if it's happening to you, it'll be mm. happening to someone else. You don't have to do it on your own. Yeah. I, and I've seen that, and I, I've done it with a couple of, you know, kids. Pull together, have a little team that, that just say, do you feel mm. this, and how can we then go and ask for change to be happening? And the other thing is, when you do highlight it, and we are going into a time where this is having to be listened to, the Me Too movement, the gender yes. pick, mm. we're on a bit of a goddess role yeah. here, girls. And now is the time when we need to really leverage this. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to listen. Mm. They're going to have to listen because they will get called out. Mm. So, um, and the other thing is that, that I think creativity, I think creativity can come in so many different forms, though. It doesn't have to be mm. us in the arts or mm-hmm. creative crea- thinking, oh can't it? Oh, my God, there's some incredible creative minds mm. that are much more mathematical and leader than me. I think it's just recognising that genuinely when you're connected properly, 
to your inward sense and instinct it's when you grow I mean I bet one of your heroes is Lee Edcott absolutely yeah, yeah. one of the greatest yeah I asked what she, write, what she writes about instinct yeah it's, it's extraordinary she talks about how it's connected to the outer world it's yeah. not just she's open mm. to the outer world so that her instinct is fed yeah by everything around her and you have to do a degree lose your ego to be able to trust your instinct you do, you do. and I think that's what women do so well you do because they're not about ego and power they're about doing the right thing doing a good job connecting with other people and then it happens the magic happens then I think well some of us are actually about ego sorry <laughs> <laughs> She's not. She's not really. Well, we'll have a word with her. We'll have a word with her. Can I just ask you then? So, so as you uh, moved back from being CEO, was it hard to relinquish control? That was the biggest thing that I had to do. Yes, but I also knew. Yes, that was the biggest thing. Well, I know what I really do do it. I mean, like I, I really do. You? do yeah, no, you need to speak to my MD. She's fantastic. Yes. she's amazing. But um, I really do like, for example, they did a whole office refurb. You came and said, I love your office. Yes. We decided we wanted to make it where everyone was round tables, people could talk and connect. Yes. I never even looked at the budget, never looked at the design. Now, that, oh my God. Not, <laughs> so you've harsh. Yeah, you're hard. <laughs> She's a, con- Jane's a control freak. No, just like right. things like that. Yes. Yeah, I find that hard. And I did yeah. it. And I'm like, well really? I, and, and my PA was one of the main people. She's never done it in her life. And she was like, I'd like to do that. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> little goat voice, little goat voice. And, uh, and they did it, and it was and it great, great, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. And did you change anything when you came back? No, I have a little moan at the mess. <laughs> I say, do you know how much this has cost? I don't quite know. And they'll go, because I pick up your coat, I'm quite... Oh, I'm yeah. really annoyed yeah, yeah. yeah. Your coat on the back, I've got cupboards, you've got all wine and drinks on any night you want, you've got your food upstairs, the camp, everything, and you can't wipe up your mess and your coat's on the back. Do you hear me? <laughs> That's the mother in you. It's just bloody it's manners. Just manners, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move swiftly on from that, shall we? Um, TV. Did you enjoy TV? I love the early days of TV. Yeah, you look like you I did. I love the early days of TV. I love my producer, uh, Pat Llewellyn, who was just an extraordinary uh, woman. Um, and she she just let it roll, you know, the camera just rolls. So it I seemed very that. natural, yeah, and it yeah. just seemed like you were having yeah, a really yeah. great time, and they were having it, well, yeah. they were having a good time when they weren't being obviously told off. But, you know, you know it was it's, well, it's, you know, it's the not thing real. Is, I try not, the thing is, I, I, I really, where my, my heart lies is connected with people and trying to make situations whether it's businesses but at the heart of businesses people to do the best they can and I love that I love that you'd shine a light on a little business that had never been in the corporate world like us never had you know that sort of training and just say hey how about if you did it Mm -hmm. this way and so traveling the country it was just fantastic one of the places I'd never been to and you're like whoa and you learn so much about how the country is and it just takes you outside of you know a bubble the bubble yeah but you know it was very sweet I thought it was a little sort of you know bit of little Britain being shot on a movie going off on my thing but TV's TV's now so risk averse and And it's also formulaic as well isn't it it's like hard hard. yeah I'm on the road for about I got offered a big sort of American TV series I'm like oh my god I'm just going to be gone on the road Mm. for my family like, yeah, we'll move to LA, Mama. And I'm like, yeah, you'll be in LA and I'll be travelling up some back end of <laughs> South Carolina. 
That would be nice. I the whole shopping centre has got a problem, Mary. Would you go in and fix it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone else is down in LA. No. It's hard work. And I I love radio, though. I love radio. I'm doing a new show with Radio 4 in in the autumn on fashion design. I really enjoy radio. I love chatting and talking. I feel I'm connecting with an audience there. Mm. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How how popular um, radio and podcasts have suddenly become. That, that everybody just wants to listen to something. Yeah. I remember that really bad song from the 70s by Bubbles, Video Kid, oh, yeah. Radio Star. <laughs> yeah. It was shocking. Yeah. But how wrong were they? I know. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit totally like, the other way around. Yes. And it's all, I love when, and this is why I, why I feel yeah. really happy about the regeneration of our business because it's the same with music. Everyone thought, you know, streaming sort of stuff. There's never been so much live festivals, concerts, mm. and people connecting because they want this experience. Yes, yes. And that will happen when we mm. see really new types of retail happening yeah. as well. Oh, definitely. Can I just ask you one quick Ooh, question? <laughs> um, Gordon Ramsay, how fun was that? Not. You know the energy you talk about with <laughs> Philip Green? <laughs> Can we talk about the energy? Same one, mate. Same one. Do you know Same what the- one. <laughs> just put on the blonde dyed hair, lose about three stone. And you've got the same sort of energy. So what do you think? What do you think happened there, Magic? I don't think so. Do you know what? The weird thing is, though, I think your kids are about the same age as my kids. So my daughter, who's a feminist, I brought her up the right way, uh, bloody loves Gordon Ramsay. And all her friends and all the interns are addicted to that Food Nightmares programme. I just see a man shouting at people and just dealing with people in a really disrespectful way. But they just love it. Yeah, well, that's a What's shame. that about? I know. I, I, I don't want to answer it, actually. Yeah. You need to speak with your daughter. Yeah, no, I had, you I've tried. And a fierce slap around the head. Yeah. And because like, it's not going to happen. Mary's not doing a parenting show very soon. <laughs> you know, I'm not slapping, but I'm quite tough on them. So I, won't have that. I won't have that in my house. I will not have that in my house. <laughs> um, can I ask you a personal question? You'd be oh, glad to this in if you don't want to. Um, so you talked in your book about parenting young children and working when you had your first two yeah. children. And I, so much of that resonated me, with me, the whole thinking thing, which now I believe is called emotional labour. Someone's just brought a book about, about it. Mm. And it's so true, you do all the thinking. Uh, is there a difference in parenting this time round now that you're with a, a, a female partner? Yeah, there is. And do you know what? I'm ashamed to say I slipped into the sort of Oh, I didn't pop. You know, you because I wasn't at home yeah. in the early days when he was a baby. I wasn't thinking about you know when mm. his feeds were. She was, you know, even she picks up the mental load yeah. of oh, I've booked him in for sports. I don't do that. Yeah. There is a part of me that that she wants to because yeah. you know, and I've done it for two others. Yeah. But I did. I had to call myself out. Yeah, 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 it's interesting. Yeah, thought, yeah. This is I'm quite... turning into the the man here. Yeah, I'm turning into yeah. the bloke. Right, like, yeah. lovely burst. Let me go and have a yeah. pint. Yeah. 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 Give me a cigar. There was a little bit. <laughs> there was a little bit of that going on, and I had to call myself short because you think, whoa, yeah, you know, this is this is so easy to yeah. fall into. And you felt that the first time around. So you know, not to say your husband was no, a but you bad just do. It's not partner, even it wasn't, but... but it's just that you just do it. It's yeah. exactly that. So you do. Pick that up. Mm. And that's the whole problem with maternity and paternity leave because there isn't a we are having a baby. It's mm. I am. And so all that onus, all that early days, it's like when you're working on a project and it's given to you first of all and you're working on all the structure mm. and then you've got to hand it over. It takes a long while to go, well, this is how it works. Yeah. So you have got all the ideas. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, then... You're invested in it, aren't you? You're invested yeah. in it. It's bloody difficult yeah. to give up. And then 
Why would you if you're the bloke that, oh, let me sort yeah. out the nappies, yeah. <laughs> let me work out what they're having and when they're going away next week and what yeah. they play dates. Come, let me do it, please, will you? Yeah. No, why would you? Because it is boring. actually quite boring, yeah, exactly. No, it's really, it's really boring. boring, yeah. I had a conversation with a great, she never forgave me for it, and she was a very high-profile um, uh, strategist at one of the big ad agencies, and she took five years off to have a child, and I was like, why? And then she went, and I said, I'm really wanting to have five years. She said, Oh, it's fun. I was like, Really? No. <laughs> and I love my kids. Oh, me I too. really don't. I have time to imagine the time to go, this is I just do not want to do oh another God, no. jigsaw or a game of play bat and ball in the garden. It's so boring. It's so boring. <laughs> I want to be sitting down with a glass of wine, if I'm honest. Yeah. So you have to put the time in. There's no two ways. Mm. And then suddenly they get to Asian there's brilliant times where you're just yeah. wonderful together. And it just, there's that harmony and yeah. the stories come out. And you think well, you're magical and you read. But a lot of it's boring. Yeah, absolutely. So just probably we haven't got much more time for many questions. <laughs> but um, how do you think we make it easier for working mothers as employers and as women with experience? Oh, I think you have to be really open to it. Well, you've seen some of the stuff that I've done in my book. So let's have an open dialogue about this. Let's not just wait until you're pregnant and you come knocking. Mm. Um, you know, I often, I know not meant, I say, Are you, do you want to have family? Mm. Yes. I mean, I worked with Corrine. She said, do you, want, I was, do you want a second child? She said, yes. How do you want to do it? What hours would you feel? Mm. And she was like, I know I'm running this business. There's no way I can take a year off like they give at Amazon or yeah. Apple. There's no way. You know, we're a small business of 50-odd people. But I would like on the Fridays to take my kids swimming. Mm. I want to have the three days where I'm actually there with my kids. Well, I'm at the end of a phone. That would make me totally comfortable. Please don't not ring me because mm. then I feel I'm not. Yeah, she yeah. likes to feel that she's. But she can sit at home with the kids doing that. We're, we're living in a digital world. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I do is, you know, like the other day, Martin finance director came in. His kid had to be picked up from nursery. His wife was in Paris, so he went off. And we knew the next day with this big management meeting, we're like, Mark. Because they won't take them back at the nursery the next mm. day if they've gone home with a fever. Yeah. So we have on-call nannies. Brilliant. It's nothing. Just we'll go in, or you can bring them into the office. We'll get the, the nanny in the office here. Yeah. What does that cost? Yeah. For just, and we knew that would relieve him. He mm. did not want to be sitting at home mm. with the kid who wasn't yeah, well. Yeah. He wanted to be part of this big meeting we we're having. So how do we make that better? Mm. And I think we just it's not one rule for everybody. I think we should have a menu, a menu of how yeah. we work together and make it better. And and losing that idea that you have to pretend you don't have kids and oh, problems. Exactly, you know, yeah. I've been since so many I think you mentioned in your book you had to leave when you had a board oh, meeting at Harvey God. Nichols, you'd get stressed out. I mean, the stress of that is beyond no one ever understands that. Awful. And you feel bad at work, you feel bad at home, Awful. you just feel like you the worst it, person. Yeah. So if you can openly say to your um, boss, you know what, this is my deal, how do you feel about it? Then it takes all of that away, in a way. And also, women give so much. You obviously love retail and you mm. love bricks and mortar because that's what you were brought up on. You used to do the most incredible mm. windows and Harvey Nichols, mm. and not only windows, floors, everything. Um, I mean, do, do, you, do you miss the fact that that's going or, or is it not? Is it just changing? Well, I actually think here's the thing. It's going to be less of it but better. Right. So I love, I love connecting physically with the place. I mean, yes. I, I spend a lot of time digitally spying and I think it's brilliant. I mean, like, I, lo I love a lot of the stuff. It's quick, it's fast for me, it feeds my world, it's not a problem. Yes. In fact, I was on WhatsApp to a stylist the other day saying, I need to find this and they're finding it for you. Like, and come on, that is pretty helpful. It's amazing. Yes. So what I'm hoping is, is that that will get rid of all the sort of boring retail. And I think it is. 